Welcome to the Adonis Index podcast. I'm John Barbin, and with me again is Scott Tuzanot, and he, I don't know why, but Scott and Brad Pilon are the only two people I know who subject their bodies to experimentation in a way that they should know better, but they just do it anyways. So <laughs> last time we talked to Scott, you were, I think you were just getting ready for a show, and your pictures were amazing, and... um I think you had a golden ratio. Everything, everything was rocking, and and you okay? Why don't you know what? That's that's about as far as I'll lead into it, and then why don't you get to uh, explaining this current experiment, and then just sort of we'll just go from there. Yeah, yeah, I um, I do have this this urge to experiment from time to time. I think part of it is because um, I I read a bunch of claims on the internet for the most part, and um, yeah, I see their research, oftentimes cherry-picked research. I'm like, you know what? Uh, rather than just um, kind of say, well, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, uh, I, I, I like to kind of prove it to myself whether something's going to work or not. And then I can not only back it up with either their lack of research or my research, but also my uh, my personal experiences as well. Um, but yes, the last time we talked... I think I'd, I had just gotten done a photo shoot where I looked – well, at that time, I was in the best shape of my life, had the golden ratio, um, yeah, just just felt fantastic, and thanks to you guys, um, had given myself permission to be light. Um, and in those photos – I'm five foot seven. Uh, in those photos, that first photo shoot, I was 140 pounds. So that is – that's time. there's – I mean, no one ever would have guessed I was 140 pounds. I, I looked much bigger. Most people assume I'm 20, even sometimes 30 pounds heavier than I am. But there's something about seeing 140 pounds on the scale that can play with your mind. Um, and it never so, goes away, right? Like we always no. I have a little bit of it in me too. And it, I, over time, I get better at letting that go. But I don't know if it's ever gone. It's almost like protein guilt. I don't think it ever goes away. You just turn the voice down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I it'll be interesting to see. I think if I could get to the point where I'm ripped at 160 pounds, I would be ecstatic. I think I'd be I'd be good to. I don't think I'd feel that how I feel right now. There's something about being well, definitely below 150 is tough, but around the 150 mark, I I can still maybe handle a bit, but uh that you it, or what just that understanding that that really is how much you weigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a shock, but it's just a number. I mean, I'm always talking about talking to women that, hey, it's just a number on the scale. Don't worry about it if you think you're just because you're a female in 130 or 140, you don't have to be a 105 or 115 if you look freaking phenomenal. So I, it's kind of that reverse um, perspective of take well, your own, I look take your own big. advice. Yeah, seriously, yeah. dude, seriously, yeah. yeah. So that yeah, I was I was looking great at 140, but always wanted that that improvement. So it was at that time where I'm like, you know what? I kind of people were persuading me to to compete, and I never had dreamed of competing in a bodybuilding contest before. It just wasn't me. Was not interested in stepping on stage in teeny tiny posing trunks. Um, I just I didn't want the attention and all that kind of stuff as well. But you know, there's something about going through the transformation process and really viewing my body as a work of art, uh, just appreciating it all a lot more. I say, you know what? Maybe I, I and I had friends who had done it. And they said it was an experience of a lifetime. So you know what? I'm going to give it a shot and go for it since I'm already lean already. But 
Um, so I knew being 140 pounds, I was going to be competing in the lightweight division. And lightweight typically is 155 pounds and under. So um, lightweights are already the smaller guys out there, but uh, uh, I was the smallest of the small. <laughs> so I, I wanted to build myself up as much as possible leading up to that um, contest. So I, I probably had about eight months to work with between the photo shoot and the contest. And uh, I built myself up to about 158 pounds and cut down from there. And at 158, I still had a faint six-pack. And I'll, I can remember um, posting a video on YouTube with my shirt off. And I, I believe it was one of, our, uh, one of the Adonis guys who's been following my stuff as well. And I said I was going through a muscle-building phase. And, oh, it looks like you're going through a fat-building stage instead. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm like, damn it, you bastard. Uh, I'm already self-conscious enough about my weight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but in the end, when I cut down and got even more ripped uh, than I had been in the photo shoot, I competed at 145 and a half pounds. So I put on five pounds of muscle for sure, at least, because I, I was more ripped and weighed more than in my photo shoot. So I made some solid progress there. But still, after competing there, this was October 2012, um, I really, I placed second and it was some great competition, um, a great lineup of lightweights and, um, all of them weighed around 154, 155. They really pushed it right to the end and they all came in ripped and looked great. Um, I think the big thing that even though I was the lightest among all the lightweights, the golden ratio, I really believe plays a huge role in it because bodybuilding is judged on symmetry, proportion, mm -hmm. balance. So I really, size, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But still, I, after that contest, placing second, the guy who beat me won the juniors, the lightweights, and the overall. So even the lightweight won the entire contest. So, Which is rare. Um, You know what? I've been to two contests, and the lightweight won both times. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, but that's only two it, contests. In my experience, it, that's kind of rare. The lightweight doesn't win. Yes. Like, it's usually the bigger guy that, that wins, but that's all. That's, that's impressive. So clearly, this the competition coming – second to him is not anything to be ashamed of obviously exactly exactly i, I lost to the guy who had the best physique in the whole show so right. uh, and that was a it was a good feeling but leaving from there i thought you know what i i w i really loved competing i i i had a blast now, and were you i was surprised at that Def definitely yeah. definitely like, i wasn't you just think you like get me on the stage get me out of here as fast as possible is that what your thought was on the way in uh well my thought was winning oh, <laughs> when okay. i set my mind to as i'm in it to win it yeah. uh, but i didn't know how great the experience was going to be um actually i it was my second contest i competed in a non-tested contest three weeks before because it was local and i wanted to get the feel for it oh, and i, I yeah. did i didn't enjoy myself at that show totally different atmosphere being surrounded, being the only natural guy in oh, the show, yeah, I guess so. uh, yeah. it was a different feeling. It was a completely different experience overall. Um, but I really love this show and this natural federation that I competed in, the UFE. Uh, they're great. And I uh, really love that experience. And I just, it gives me, it's just a goal to aim for now. Um, it forces me to improve my physique and, and get the in, input from the judges on what they see I can uh, improve upon. Uh, but the main thing was I, I don't want to compete unless I can put on some more size. And I really want to come in close to that 154, 155 pound mark. Now, after that contest, I looked freaking awesome. I was lean. I was, I was ripped. I had some good muscle. Uh, and I swore to myself, I, like, I, was, I was adamant that I was going to do a lean 
build, a lean bulk or whatever, clean bulk, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I love your guys. I love your uncensored podcast. Listen to them all the time. So I've been listening to the conversations you guys had been having. I totally am in alignment with those philosophies. But uh, um, that was the end of October, so beginning of November, and I was thinking of competing this June that just passed. Um, so I knew I, my time was limited, and I, a lot of my colleagues were saying, you know what, dude, you just don't worry about your abs. Do whatever you can to bulk up. Just eat, eat, and eat, and uh, in- increase your chances of uh, of gaining muscle. And then when you say a colleague, give me a a rough idea. Of the, I mean, it's not just some random person in the gym. Highly respectable, um, like people know they're talking about um, experts. They they've competed. Some of them competed multiple times, over twenty times. Um, so they've they've been used to this bulk and cut. Um, cycle phase. The thing is, a lot of them, they just had different, most of them had different body types than me. I, uh, I'd say I'm somewhat a mesomorph, but I'm a, I'm a hard gainer at the same time. I don't put on muscle that easily. So and when like I do, ecto-meso. yeah, yeah, but yet, yet, <laughs> I'm an interesting mix. Yet, when I do eat a lot in excess, I can put on fat. I can put on fat easier than I put on muscle, so uh, it's definitely a fine balancing act. But uh, yeah, I don't it, think anybody's all of. I mean, it's rare yes. to be just one, right? Like right. someone who's just a pure mezzo is probably a pro athlete. Like it's there's just there's just not yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, and, and then I I mean I, I see some of these ectomorphs who say, oh yeah, I pound back five thousand calories a day and don't gain anything. Like, oh fuck, dude, I'd be I'll I just balloon up. Yeah, if yeah. I, so you know you're not one of them. No, definitely, definitely not one of them. Um, yeah, so I mean, it was it was probably a good month where I stayed really lean and was sticking to my guns about staying lean, doing a clean bulk, and then I I just let some of these uh, some of my friends talk me into it because it I, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that it was getting close to the holidays and the idea of being able to eat. A lot, <laughs> not worry about the calories, uh, was appealing at the time. Well, you want to believe it. We all want to believe it. Like, yes. Are you kidding me? I want nothing more than that to be true, to eat yeah. your way to muscle. Like, oh my God, however, I just want that. Yes. Like, oh, I yeah, want to know sure. I can turn a burger into muscle somehow. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I probably should have listened to your podcast even like over and over and over again uh, as I was going through this. But it was, I, I think it was a worthwhile experiment because. I mean, I gained a, a lot from the experience. Uh, more than, I mean, I put on size. I'm definitely, I, I'm, I'm thicker, I'm fuller in the right areas. My legs are bigger, my calves are bigger, my chest is thicker, my back is thicker. And those were, like, I already had the golden ratio in terms of shoulders and waist. Um, I needed thickness. That's that's my big area. And I could build up my legs as well. So um, those were things that I was looking to improve upon. And, and it did work, but... Uh, at what expense, I'm, though? Yeah, it, it's uh, it wasn't worth it, in my opinion, just because of the emotional and psychological impact that it's had on me. Um, I went. I'm hard on myself. Um, I, but I think it's more or less it's the standard that I've set for my myself. I don't think I have like this uh, self image problem or anything like that. I think it's just my standards are high. Um, like most guys, I look way better than than most guys out there. Uh, even when I was carrying, like I, so I went from one forty five point five up to one sixty eight, one sixty nine. Mm. Um, that was over a seven month period, eight month period, and then I started cutting down again. So, 
Um, actually, it's over a six-month period. Then I started cutting. So um, that's that's a, a fair amount of weight during that time. But 168, I lost the six-pack. Still had like a faint four-pack, and now I'm I'm back down to uh, I'm right around 158, 159, and a faint six-pack. Solid four pack, and, and that the lower abs are are uh, kicking in pretty good right now. But yeah, just I mean, there was there was a I had an opportunity for a good family vacation at a water park, and I was like, damn, like I don't I don't want pictures taken of me when I'm looking like this, and just my confidence had gone it had it had dwindled <laughs> compared to I was on top of the world the end of October I just right, nothing right. I just felt unstoppable right and so and now here there's a few important things you said it's more of a psychological uh um hurdle I guess or or it's the impact is is a lot to do with psycho I mean yeah you can take the fat back off it's not like you've got heart disease or anything here it's you right. know, you've got a little bit I mean you're still and like you said you still have outlines of a six pack it's not like you're like obese or anything but <laughs> no. what you're used to and this is all relative to from each guy what you're used to is a visible set of abs like that's just part that's just how you are and when you knowingly like eat in a way that took those away for in the in the name of trying to build muscle people i think don't realize this psychological like how much of a how much that messes up your mind being like that because then you could start believing maybe it goes away for good and is this who I am now? I'm just this guy who gains weight. Like, it's just all these little, like you said, I mean, you were probably in plenty good enough condition to take your shirt off at the water park, but you didn't believe it. Like, yes. you know, because all you're thinking of is how much better you condition you were, you know, a few months ago. And the condition yeah. you were in at the water, I'm sure was fine, but not for you. And so you right. don't feel, you don't feel right. And so people don't, I mean, that was the most impactful thing you've said here is like how much it messes up your mind, allowing your body to go up and down like that. Yeah, it's it's a confidence thing, and and confidence is just as attractive as a golden physique. It's because you you radiate that confidence. I just didn't radiate that confidence when I had my shirt off at that time. So I think that that has a really big impact. And like I said, it definitely looked better. Um, and even like around here, everyone knows I'm I'm a fitness expert. Uh, they kind of look up to me. They saw what I look like last summer and fall with my shirt off and this early in the springtime when i started mowing the lawn uh i was not comfortable taking my shirt off then too because i'm like shit all my neighbors are gonna see me they're gonna see me with a little roll hanging over my shorts even though it's not that bad it's just it really it's amazing how it plays on your head and you know what else i just thought of another thing and it's because so the condition you're in i'm sure a lot of guys would trade their body right now for the condition whatever your worst recent condition was. Yes. And they would be totally happy taking their shirt off because relative to how, where they were, that's a huge improvement. But relative to where you were, that's like the aesthetic of it is a step backwards. So that same condition can mean two different things to two different people. Exactly. That's that's such a huge point. And that's where the standards come in. Like I, I, I don't think I have this terrible self-image. I don't beat myself up or anything. It's just I'm not – my standards are much higher for myself, right now, especially since I've reached a certain level before in the past. And um, yeah, it, yeah, definitely most – like I have my neighbors tell me all the time, man, I, I die for your body kind of thing. So um, yeah, it is – it's, hard it's to definitely come, it's hard all to relative. back from achieving – you get to a certain degree, and you, that's kind of where you expect to be. Yeah, it's it's it was a very interesting process because as I was building up, shirt on, a lot of the guys at the gym were like, 
dude, you're huge and everything. You're getting so big and all that stuff. And so that was a bit of a, I mean, I, I was feeding off of that as well and going, okay, maybe it is a good idea to, to do this bulking thing. Cause I'm, I'm looking bigger. They're all making positive comments like that, but um, it was less impressive with the shirt off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you became shirt on big for your, yes. for your physique and you get the accolades from other guys in the gym who are seeing it. But you know, when you take your shirt off, you're like, Oh man, like, yes, I got to keep the shirt on for this to look good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that positive reinforcement was somewhat good. Like I like hearing that I'm huge, even though I was still not that big. Um, but what appealed to me more was when I was going through the cutting phase and every day I'd walk in, it, it was it was more frequently where people would say, holy crap, check out your vascularity. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. You're jacked. Like it, even though I was smaller and 140, it was like every day and, and just many people saying, dude, you're jacked and you're ripped and I'll look at the detail. As we're receiving a lot more positive comments when I was leaner, uh, even though I was smaller than I was bigger shirt on and huge that, okay so that shirt on big and the and the and the response you get from guys i don't know if i don't know if i me- emailed this out pilon told me a story brad told me a story he's at a coffee shop that he frequents and the girls behind the counter were talking because they know he writes like yes. diet books and stuff and um, right right and so they get to chatting about uh how they assess if a guy's in shape or not by the by the look of how he looks in a t-shirt and they don't judge a big arm. They don't. They're not impressed with big arms the way guys are impressed with big arms. When they see a big arm, they check to see if that bicep vein is visible right up under the sleeve, and if it's not, they just assume the guy's fat. Yes. But if, and but I, if they see vascularity and you know that one bicep vein on the yes. outer edge of your bicep that like any developed arm that's lean, it, you can basically see it all right up through. They're like, if they see that, then they're like, oh, that guy's muscular and he's lean under there. So they're, that's, they key right in on that. And there's no, there's no fooling them with shirt on big. They, they're not impressed at all. If you're got big arms, but you're also fat. Yes. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You sent that out and that was an excellent email. I couldn't agree more. I think it's a fantastic indicator. Um, yeah, definitely. That, that one vein coming down the bicep is a great indicator. And then when you see the multiple little veins coming out, then you know the dude is pretty damn ripped. Right, uh, right. So yeah, I think it's pretty interesting to hear that girls pick up on that. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. And I didn't yeah. know, I didn't know they keyed in on it that, that acutely, but they totally do. Yeah, and pretty interesting. I know I've seen an article in Men's Health Magazine. Uh, it was a survey, actually, and women uh, arms are one of the uh, – it's the number one characteristic that they're looking at. I always thought it was butt or thighs or something like that. But, well, maybe uh, they say that because it's not like guys walking around shirtless. It's the one thing they can actually see on a guy. Yes, yes, pretty exactly. exactly. That's probably a good point there. Okay, so I guess now that you're – so where are you now? Here, here I am right now. So I still – very close to I'm still leaning out going for that ripped look again so I'm maybe three four weeks out from from being crazy ripped and uh, so my one of the reasons why I contacted you recently was to share this experience with you um, to say hey yep you're right (laughs) I'm confirming my my experience confirms what you guys have been talking about all along but um, when I'm going for the lean build after I, after I get ripped and I want to put on some muscle again, do you guys is there any information or experiences that you guys have? Like, is there a certain ideal body fat percentage to to stick in? Can you be too lean? I guess is what I'm because I've heard that before that if you if you stay too ripped, 
it's very hard to gain muscle. Um, so I don't know if you came across any kind of research no, or I have mean, any. I mean, obviously we want to find the definitive study on this, but it's nobody researches such a thing, right? Right. Um, there's very little research funding that goes into taking a really ripped guy who's already muscular and making him just a bit more muscular. Like there's no, who's funding that? Nobody's funding that, right? Like <laughs> right. Mo- most of the best research we can find that even um, talks at all about muscle building, it, it's, well, first of all, muscle, just measuring growth of muscle, that's hard to even find studies that do that. A lot of them, it's a surrogate endpoint, like it's protein synthesis or total lean body mass without measuring exact muscle, like diameter. Like it's really hard to get a study that what we're all interested in, it's hard to find really well done studies on exactly what we're interested in. And this whole lean gaining thing, the idea of not gaining fat, but still gaining muscle. There are guys who, who, who are just naturally lean. Like mm-hmm. they're just, you know, they're kind of always ripped. And you, you know, you tend at least towards that anyways, who yes. who have built muscle over their life and at no point really got fat. So it's obviously doable. There's, it's not like everyone had to bulk and cut. Like lots of guys gain muscle without ever, without ever bulking up. So the, I think it's person to person. Um, and it's, and this idea of like, what's the ideal body fat percent? I don't think there's, there's one that anyone should push towards and then hit it and be like, okay, once I get to like nine or 10 percent or whatever it is, 11, 12, whatever the number is, I don't think like we all have to level off to one percentage that works for all of us. I think it depends right. where you're coming from in the first place. So um, a really lean guy, it's, his ideal is probably a bit lower and he could probably build muscle at a lower percentage. Whereas a guy coming down from being heavier, it might be almost too much work to get really, really lean and then try to work up from that. You know what I mean? So there might, yes. my guess is it must be a range. Um, there must be some range in there, but ultimately what, what's the real goal? The goal is to maximize your muscle, but also having a look that you want, like a leanness that you want. So if the true answer, let's say a piece of research came out, said the answer is you really do need to be fat for three years before you build maximum muscle and then take the fat, take the fat off. Does anyone want to make that trade? No. <laughs> yeah. And and for what? For like two or three more pounds of muscle, 20% more than if you didn't do that, but you have to spend that many years, like, and let's say pretty fat, let's say above 20%, like you just, no, no abs, no definition, nothing. So, mm-hmm. and, and you know, the, the ironic thing is a lot of guys do that anyways. Like a lot of guys get stuck in the bulk for not just years, like decades. Yes. So, yes. And, and some, and you and I both know some guys never come down from it. They just... They go right through their 20s and 30s like that, and then they just sort of give up on training at some point. And they sort of never have the final, like, they never have the, okay, now it's time to get lean, because they're never, it's, they're never big enough. Um, and part of that's because it doesn't look right. If you're not lean enough, you, you, don't, you don't ever look big enough if you're not lean. Right. Like right. when I was 220 whatever pounds, I had really big arms, huge shoulders, and it looked awful because I was fat. And then, <laughs> exactly. and then when I dropped like 45 pounds, all my measurements came down, but it looked way better. So, way better. So from uh, how actually much space do you take up, I took up way less space but looked better. So mm-hmm. it almost seems counterproductive that all that time I was trying to be big, and when I finally got in shape, I was smaller. So I don't know. It's such a psychological trick. So as far as yes. – I, mean, I haven't really answered the question because I don't know what the answer is. I just think yeah. – I think it, the better way to look at it is – how big can I get staying lean? And then however big, and I mean, and you apply proper training principle. Like you obviously know how to design a program. You, no one needs, it's not like you're missing out. Like you personally, it's not like you're ever going to miss or be lacking in, 
in training intensity or the quality of your program, like everything you you're going to max that part out. Yes, no doubt. Yeah, you're going to eat enough protein. You're going to get the rest. Like, you know what you're doing, right? Yes. So that part would be fine. That's not the question. So from there, the only thing I can see is you you have a leanness you like, and you maintain right around that leanness as a target, like 1% above or below, however you want to say it. And as big as you can get following quality training, is that that's as big as you can get. Mm-hmm. And to me, and it's adjustment of well, what, what 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 makes you think you should be 165 pounds? Like who says? Yeah, I'm not looking for as well. Yeah, I'd I'd be happy at 155 <laughs> if I can. It, it, partly for competitive reasons, but um, on my frame, like at 145 and a half, I looked big. I looked great. Uh, so 10 pounds more muscle. Uh, I think it's going to make a dramatic difference. Well, it uh, is, but what makes you think that's even possible is what I'm saying. I don't – well – Like why don't I just say, yeah, I think I'd look really good at 210. <laughs> but I, I mean I don't think that's – I mean our the our, I mean our assumptions based on what we've seen in our with our ratios, the two standard deviations for me would already be 200 – like 210 I would be – I would be the point – I'd be like 1% of the population at my height could possibly do that. Yeah. Without yeah. without drugs. So it's like, okay, so, but like roughly, you know, the upper 190s is still a lot. It's two standard deviations over from average for my height, but it's doable, you know? And so, I mean, that's where we, that's where we arrive at with our calculator. So if we just plugged your numbers in, do you know what your, what it gives us an upper limit for your height? So to me, this is the way, this is the actual way to, to, uh, to figure it out. It's, um, what's your height? Five foot seven. Okay, so uh, we've just typed Scott's numbers in our calculator. So for for your height, our calculator would suggest that the upper two standard deviations over, so the upper limit of weight we would expect you could probably build um, muscle, get up to this particular body weight at what, and now this is the key, that's a body weight, but at what body fat percentage? We're assuming, we assumed roughly around 10% body fat. And our calculator put you at basically 159 pounds, 160 pounds. Upper limit. That's yeah, a, that's, that's good to know. That's actually really good to know. And what uh, was your what was your goal? 155-ish. Yes. Well, 155 would be uh, the top of the lightweight category. Right. I think I could dominate the stage yeah. at that weight. So, uh, so our, our calculator says that's pot. I mean, based on every so our calculator. So we built the calculator. So basically, everything we've seen, we think that that's possible. Mm-hmm. And but again, that's based on that's based on just ranges of all different guys. So like everyone falls somewhere in that range. Um, as we've talked earlier in this call, that we think you you might be some you you display meso ecto characteristics that may suggest the upper end of the range is very difficult for you. Right. Right. Whereas I think it'll take time if I do ever get there. Right. So uh, so but that so that's how to interpret the ranges our thing gives. Um, you know, you look great right in the middle of the range when you landed right in the middle. And if you want to get, you'd probably look ri- ridiculously big at the upper end of the range, even though 159 pounds doesn't sound like a lot at your height. That's and based on and being lean again, you could easily be 159 pounds at your height. But that's the point isn't just to weigh that. The point's to weigh that with a particular leanness, right? Correct. So, and it, my guess is, 10, you don't even want to be 10 percent. You want to be lower than that. 
Yeah, I think 8%. Well, again, it's always good. I find the what you and Brad have done there uh, with the DEXA scans and really finding what the true 10% looks like. I mean, I'm, I've been pretty shocked at what, like how ripped you guys were uh, at 10 and 12%. Uh, legitimately, so that's that's way different than like me stepping on my body fat scale or doing the caliper pinch. It uh, it was a bit of an eye opener there. So yeah, and there's some uh, genetics to that too, where the body yes. fat is even stored. So um, correct, and that's until you do a dexa, we wouldn't know. Uh, we wouldn't know exactly how you hold it. That is in my plans. Uh, I'm definitely looking that. I should do it right at the beginning of my lean building stage or phase and then uh, um, measure as I go along, maybe uh, every six months or once a year type thing, just to see how I'm doing, because I will not get fat again, damn it. No. Uh, <laughs> no, well, it's just, it's just, I mean, why? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, there's no, and, and really, like, as I'm looking at myself right now, uh, as I mentioned, I started cutting for the contest, the last time I weighed 158, right now I'm 158, 159, but I'm leaner. I look leaner than I did before uh, I began cutting for that competition. So I know I've put on some mm-hmm. uh, muscle, but I'm really, uh, I'll be shocked um, if it's more than three or four pounds of muscle that I put on. And but that's is a that lot. worth It's a lot, dude. It's, it's definitely a lot. Like I look at, at how I transformed from the photo shoot at 140. To the contest, 145.5, that five pounds of muscle um, looked way different on me. I looked so much better and fuller. Um, so if I can add three pounds of muscle right now, here the thing is, like, so I spent from November, it's probably like November, December, January, February, March, and April, like six months of bulking, and then um, May, June, July, like four months of slow cutting. I haven't been in any kind of rush to get lean. I haven't had any urgency uh, to get ripped other than this disappointing feeling of taking my shirt off uh, while mowing the lawn type thing. (laughs) Um, So really I'm looking at it's been almost 10 months of the whole process. So it's not like, oh, I just went through a six-month phase and I I weigh this much. I got to measure the time that took me to bulk up and then cut down and then see what the end result is how much heavier I weigh mm-hmm. if it ends up only being three pounds over 10 months well what could I do in 10 months of a lean build yeah uh, could, could you have arrived at the same spot without the hassle and all the mind the mind games it, it kind of all of that stuff yes even if it's all if even if it's a pound less <laughs> I but don't you, think but that you would have actually, enjoyed the whole process and you could have taken your shirt off at the water park all the time yeah and for me I, I love to record YouTube videos and and all that stuff and I just I wasn't doing it as much so yeah it just goes to show the psychological impact it had on me yeah. any references to the like, like guys in the Adonis community I mean you guys been doing this for a few years um, tons of transformation contests and success stories uh do you see some guys who have stayed lean and put on just like crazy amounts of muscle or what are some of the expectations that that you set out there for your adonis guys um, um and- well it, it all depends like you know i mean it's hard to say because it depends on where they are in their training history if they're yeah if they've been off the wagon for a while and getting back on it obviously we know that there's muscle memory so those guys can gain pretty quickly um newbies have a totally different response guys who've been training hard and have spent 
basically years in the bulk phase without the cut like those those guys the real thing is just cutting so but yeah we're all over the place with 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 guys who've gotten in shape and then continued to improve and stayed lean um so we've had that we've had that process happen the, the lean gain process so to speak and we've had guys who've couldn't resist the urge to do what you did and report <laughs> back in with the exact same story they're like yeah i couldn't help it i bulked up I got smooth, lost my abs, hated it, and then got lean again. And they're like, never doing that again. So it's, it, it, it gets the best of us. Like, all of us fall for it at one point or another. Um, even though, like, we've got proof all around us and, like, mounting proof that it's just not going to work. It, everyone kind of – we just want it to happen faster, right? So Yes. Um, yeah, I can't put a number on it, but it is possible. Like, we've had guys who got, it, got in shape for a contest and then um, guys who tend towards true – to be displaying a lot more ectomorphic characteristics, just double up the workouts and gain twice as fast. Mm-hmm. So we've had some guys who, uh, and they did, and, you know, a couple of guys did DEXAs just to show it, and they were gaining faster by training more. So people who tend towards, that told me that people who tend towards an ectomorphic um, um, characteristic might be able to handle higher volume. Like they might need it. They might just atrophy that much faster than the rest of us. Yes. Yeah. So, I, like, I I fall into that category for sure. Like I had a lot of people telling me in the beginning, Dan, it's just too much volume. You're going to overtrain and all that stuff. And I just, I found the less volume just was not working for me at all. Yeah. I don't think so. Like I've recently been doing more volume and it's been having an impact. So it's like you, you can, now if you can rest and heal and recover and all that stuff, but if you can train your way up to a lot, but people don't realize how much more they can really do. Like mm-hmm. just because people do one workout a day, after work so what like olympic level athletes and, and pro athletes they do three and four workouts a day that's because they just do that all day it's it's dual your body yes. can take a lot more than what we throw at it typically most workouts are designed for the person who has a job and a life and everything else so we're trying to like mix the two together but it, purely speaking from what can a human body do it can do way more than you're probably doing not you but the people listening it's it's almost always more than what you're doing that's unless you a great to point. Be a, unless you happen to be an Olympic level athlete listening, then you're probably already at the limit. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, that, that's a great uh, great way to put things into perspective because they're they're hammering it out. <laughs> it's amazing the volume, the work, and all all the effort they're putting into it. They get to eat more, and sure, they have their massage therapist and all the sport staff to do everything they can to help them recover quicker. Oh, yeah, but they, their body just adapts. Yeah, they've uh, got re- people on. They've got the best people in rehab they're getting rest they're getting psychological counseling if they need they're getting everything and they're Mm -hmm. maxing out what that body can do so you know it's like taking a car and just tweaking it and tweaking and tweaking until it's like the best car on the track you know there's only so much time in a day to do all that stuff to your body so it's we try to do the best we can with the time we have and part of it isn't just training more it's it's overall stress right it's like the stress of your daily life plus your training correct your system can't handle can only handle so much until it breaks down. So even though you f- technically, physically could handle more work, your the stress on your body, some of that stress reserve is being used up in your daily life. So, Correct. So like in your case, you could probably manage it a little easier because it's part of how, how what your profession is. But you know, no, not everyone can just, you know, if the actual answer, let me say it this way, if the actual answer to building more muscle faster is just double your workouts, not everyone can just be oh, okay. I'll just go to the gym twice. Like most people, <laughs> like I could barely get there once. So, so then, I, then my answer is like, well, okay. So then, you're gonna gain as fast as you can gain only training once, and that's that's it. Mm-hmm. At some point, volume really does matter. Right. Right. 
Very interesting. Yes. So I'm, but bottom line is just me getting uh, getting ripped where I'm comfortable and staying where I'm uh, I'm comfortable at, and then just seeing because I know I'm going to put in the effort and the intensity and everything, and the results fall as they as they may. And and, and I, I guess the real progression for you would be volume, adding volume, mm-hmm. and then from there, like whatever volume you're at now, I kind of view it as a rate, like. That's the rate that you can gain, but if you can step that volume up, I think your gain rate would go up. That like, would be affecting a fat mass. Like fun, if anything, you might true. even get leaner, right? So. Right, right, huh? And then you just now, need to dance on that line between overtraining. Yes, that's it. I wonder. Uh, it'd be interesting to set up a little self-experiment there. So if I do a DEXA scan, I wonder what, how long? Well, hmm. I have to plan four, out. I think a four-week interval. You do four weeks at whatever volume, then you go four more weeks at that volume plus 50% or that or double that, whatever whatever you want. Uh, like significantly more. I'd say at yes. least 150% of that volume. And then four more, because that's what one of our customers did, and it showed. Like it really showed. No kidding. Another two or three pounds of mass in that time. And I was like, well, that's pretty impressive. And as per a DEXA scan. So it's not like he's just stepping on a scale. Right. So, so doing a DEXA scan every four weeks just to see how the different well, phases. I mean, four is probably the shortest. Maybe even yeah. a six week six, interval. Would six would be nice. Probably yes. nicer for a comparison. So go at go at your standard volume for six weeks. Bump the volume up, you know, one point five x or two x or whatever, and then six more weeks, and then see. And obviously monitor. Like, can you even make it six weeks at that volume without <laughs> breaking down? But if you make it, um, monitor how much more mass you put on. Yeah. And, there, and that's that's it. It's like your own personal par- you know crossover design. I don't know how else to. It'd almost be cool to see uh, like the six weeks of really increasing the volume like crazy. Do the DEXA scan, and then like a week later, see what a week of recovery does. Or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, see yeah. It. There's a few things you can do, but that would be to me. That's how I would. If I were going to say anything to you as far as like maxing out this lean gain approach, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Brilliant, man. I love it. Yeah. Well, then I guess you got work to do. I do, sir. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. You got anything else? Uh, no, that's just fantastic. I just want to, I mean, even though we don't stay in touch as often as I'd like, uh, I'm constantly listening to your uncensored podcast. Just love the info that you guys dish out. Um, just grateful for uh for all the insights that you guys provide. It's been uh, a very big help to me. Oh, thanks, man. And, uh, well, thanks for being on the call and sharing your story. And uh, I guess we'll have to do another one after this experiment. <laughs> Sounds great, buddy. Sounds great. All right. So for Scott Tuzanot, I'm John Barber, and that's your Adonis Index podcast.